Welcome into the last hour of our NFL Draft Preview Show here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's the almost entirely sports crew. Myself, Josh Briscoe here with Reese Salazar and Beards McFly. Uh, but but it's almost entirely draft over the course of this evening. It's been fun so far. We'll start talking to Jordan Foote of Arrowhead Report and uh, at Footnoted on Twitter here in just a moment. Uh, but first, a couple housekeeping things. One, I've told you a few times you can watch the show live on the Sports Radio 810 Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch channels. And uh, if you go watch on Twitch, I can say things like, thanks uh, fairly for the Prime subscription, the Sports Radio 810 Twitch account. You can also do that. You got a Prime gaming subscription. You might not even know about it. You can go over to the 810 Twitch and throw it our way. That's good for everybody. Doesn't cost you any money. If you have Prime, doesn't yeah, cost you anything. It gives us a little something, something. So, uh, thanks, Fairly, for the uh, the Prime subscription. And also, a quick comment I need to read from Lenexa on Twitch, which is a really good username. I assume it's the official Lenexa Kansas Yeah, I think account. so. I, I can only assume. They said they were watching the show for the first time tonight and said, I always pictured Josh as a skinny guy with glasses. He looks more like the guy that loaded my truck with bags of mulch, the grass pad. <laughs> And I'll say a couple of things. One is I've, I envisioned myself as a skinny guy with glasses. And also, this is, um, we, got, we got a baseball cap day for me. No flowing locks. The beard is, I would say, unkempt at this point. And uh, I'm looking at myself in the monitor right now, and I've got, I definitely feel like if I walked into grass pad right now, I wouldn't even have to apply. They would just give me, they would just give me the job. You should see my, uh, my occasional weekend uh, fit whenever I am oh, with yeah. my dad because like I, I get the trucker hat on oh boy that's long I'm wearing jeans <laughs> I'm wearing boots Rudy wow. no one knows what you what you said that in response to my guy what? you just said oh that's long to nobody oh, yeah that's fair well, it was my well, everybody it, sees it, nope, right? nobody oh, saw you it, it was on, on you oh wow okay beards just missed that you can see my long my long long <clears throat> hair wow I didn't realize it was that long my hair yeah, what else could I be talking about? My fingernails, which also need to be trimmed. I packed away my uh, fingernail clippers, and they really need to be trimmed, but I packed them away, so just out of luck. Uh, yeah, I I bet your, uh, your working on the weekend fit is incredible. First time my niece saw me, she did not recognize me. Wow. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> that has to it's be odd. Look. So anyway, with all of that being said, we'll stop wasting Jordan's time. Yeah, sorry, Jordan. Uh, Jordan's just been on hold for all of this. And you know what? Jordan's a friend. Jordan Jordan gets it. Sometimes you got to thank a Twitch subscriber, and i got to show everybody how long my hair is. Uh, but it's on that long. note, let me, uh, let me tell everybody something that Jordan just finished today. Up on Arrowhead Report, one of the pinned stories up there that you'll see is the 100 and 100 Chiefs Draft Guide. It is a 100 players and 100 days project that Jordan started 100 days ago reviewing a, a, a potential Kansas City Chiefs draft pick, publishing one scouting report on a player every single day for 100 days. Jordan completed that today with his 100th scouting report of Jason Owe, who we've talked about some and will not be there at 58, and maybe they'll move up for him, and I don't know, we'll talk about that. But uh, an absolutely incredible accomplishment, Jordan. The way that we introduce you with all of that is you just having to listen to me uh, shake my hair around for five minutes. So sorry for wasting your time after this incredible accomplishment. Josh, it's okay, man. It was a long, long wait. Um, after <laughs> I'm used to that after a long, long series. So there, there's no issues there at all. <laughs> did you get to a point where you, where was the wall in 100 and 100 <laughs> for you? When did you go, oh God, this, I can't, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. It was like 97. Like, really? 
that like this week I was like, man, I can't believe that I have more. And then of course, OA being, or I guess it kind of coincided with the Orlando Brown trade. So it yeah. might've been a little bit before that, like 92. Cause I had um, stone Forsyth and Josh ball. And then OA was the last one. So I'm like, well, the chiefs probably won't take those tackles. They won't have OA available at 58 or 63. So, um, a lot longer than I thought it was going to take. I expected after about 20. I think you gave me 21 days, the full three-week <laughs> slate, um, before being over it. But, man, it was a blast. It's, it is, a, seriously, an incredible accomplishment. So if there's anybody that you're like, I wonder what Jordan thinks about this guy, uh, you can go to airheadreport.com. You can click on 100 and 100. And then right now you can just hit Control-F. And if you want to hit edge you can light up all the edges that he's reviewed if you specifically want to know what he thinks about uh, about jason oa you can scroll out to the bottom there for day 100 but the whole archive is right there and every one of those guys has their own has their own pages and it seriously it's just a, an incredible incredible achievement and now here on the eve of the draft jordan we can put all of this into action and you can tell me what the chiefs are going to do with their two late second round picks now man it's they're in an interesting situation, I think, because they have the capital to where if Brett Veach was really um, feeling like Brett Veach, he could combine <laughs> those and move up close to the end of the first round. I was messing around with the uh, Jimmy Johnson trade chart, and that's actually a lot of fun. Like, mm-hmm. I hadn't messed around with that before, but you can add up the points. It's pretty easy math to do, um, even for somebody like me. So <laughs> if I can do it, anyone listening can do it. Um, they can move up. I think that um, it was Connor Christofferson and Tucker Franklin. They talked about um, the Chiefs potentially moving back from that 63rd mm-hmm. pick and then picking up a third rounder. Chris Brett Beach, he's talked about that kind of hotbed within the draft that they have. Um, maybe they move back to like 80 and get a player like that that's in the top 75 for them. It's going to be weird not adding that third round pick, but I think pretty much everybody listening would say that. Um, and you too, Josh, hopefully would say that it's worth it for a guy like Orlando Brown. I mean, the odds of that 31st pick becoming him are not great, to say the least. And then you can live without that third rounder. So getting the second back is huge. And then Brett Beach has proven he can do some damage on day three. He can get some fourth-round studs. Um, he's gotten guys like Rashad Fenton in round six. Um, I think Nick Allegretti was either a sixth or a seventh-round pick. Mm-hmm. So they got options, and uh, – still a little bit of flexibility, which is always good. Well, and since you mentioned Orlando Brown, I, I do want to talk about a couple things there. Um, one is that as you've done all of that work into the tackle position, and as we were all obsessively talking about potential tackles, we were, you know, having conversations about, well, if if they had, I think Seth put his family's life on the line at one point for a fictional scenario where he said, if uh, if if my family's like if my family's existence was on the table, then I had to pick a tackle from this class who could start for one game. It would be Liam Eikenberg. It's like I was I got very serious, but okay, fine. But you got a higher ceiling for Sam Cosme, and are they gonna move up for Tevin Jenkins? Understanding that the Chiefs ended up making a move for for Orlando Brown Jr. What do you think they were thinking, and what were you thinking by the end of your evaluation of the tackle class? I think that the the arm length debate is a serious one with the Chiefs, and Brett Beach mentioned it multiple times. Um, the average, um, they, they like those 34-ish inch arm length guys. There really weren't a lot, like heading into the pro day process and measurements, Everyone said, oh, this is a great tackle class. There's going to be tons of options, lots of great athletes, lots of strong guys. Then they all became really, really good guard prospects. And Mm -hmm. the Chiefs 
they're set at left guard for the foreseeable future. I guess right guard is something that they could revisit a year from now, but they really needed that left tackle. And they weren't in position to get a Sewell or Slater or Darisar, maybe even Tevin Jenkins. They might have had to trade up with how um, his draft stock has really been rising as of late. So do you risk it with Cosme, who has the higher ceiling but may not be ready? Do you take Eichenberg, who... His own coach. We've mentioned that before. Yes. I think the last time I came on, said yes. he probably isn't athletic enough to to play left tackle. So, so the class became more and more underwhelming as the process kind of ensued. And then Orlando Brown, there's kind of questions about the scheme fit. He should be fine. He seems to be a pretty good athlete and two-time Pro Bowler, or All Pro, or whatever crazy accolade he has already thus far. It's it's a home run of a deal, I think. And then the Ravens, I. Harbaugh said something along the lines of we're worried about our own team mm-hmm. and, and they're not worried about the Chiefs. Well, I, I just don't really, of course he's saying that, but that whole trade for them, I guess cool that they got another first-round pick and they can maybe fix their receiver spot, but that just seems something where the Chiefs made a really good deal and got better um, and distanced themselves from Baltimore in the process. I'm really interested to see how it's all going to pan out also, and I, I don't know if you've gotten super-duper deep into um, all of the, the nitty-gritty of, of like the, the transition that Brown will have to make. Because I know you were a little bit lukewarm, as I think about it, at the time, where you say, n- not lukewarm on the deal overall, but lukewarm specifically on like the scheme fit. It's also something that we've talked to Seth about on, on the show. Uh, of you know where the With the Ravens, even in, in past sets, he was predominantly, he was the aggressor. And, and the Chiefs, especially with a guy like Eric Fisher, are mostly doing more vertical sets where, where they're, the, the tackles, again, we'll use Fisher for the example, are, are scooting back, essentially, and trying to beat them to the top of the arc, and then they're kind of taking contact whenever it gets there. Do you do you have any kind of, like, I, I don't know, working theories about how that's going to go in Kansas City and, and what Brown will probably do if he's asked to play that way or if the Chiefs are going to say, hey, we'll change to fit you and, and how that's going to impact Mahomes in the pocket and all those moving parts playing together that way? Yeah, I, there's definitely multiple moving pieces with that. Um, Mahomes is going to do Mahomes things, and that definitely includes taking some crazy drops where I don't care who your left tackle is or your right tackle, it's going to be rough for them to protect for long enough. Um, Hopefully this year with a more solid interior offensive line, he'll be more comfortable stepping up into the pocket, which would be nice. Um, And There's only a few things that he can get better at at this point. Like Obviously, you can always get better and stuff, but Mahomes is – pretty darn good I'd say mm-hmm. already that's one of the things he can improve upon is kind of navigating the pocket and helping his offensive line out a little bit but in regards to Brown I think they're just going to keep kind of going with what they're going with he played left tackle in college was really proficient at it he is a good enough athlete I think um, there's a chart going around that was I forget what the chart's called but like it's a series of different like testing um, like a spider web type thing and Orlando yeah. Brown didn't look great. Mm-hmm. And that's what people were saying. He's not um, fluid enough in his hips. He can't shuffle his feet, blah, blah, blah. The tape looks pretty good. And he will offset that with crazy length. I think his arms are close to 35 inches long. That helps. Um, he's good. I'd say laterally he's fine. Like, it's not going to be a major issue. And the Chiefs can do some things to help him. But anytime you're getting a guy who's really tough up front, can move a little bit in the run game, um, can hold his own and has length. I think there are ways to kind of counteract that. 
Uh, I'll I'll leave the Orlando Brown conversation there as we get into more drafts. Up, I think that's going to be incredibly, just incredibly interesting, and hopefully incredibly fun. Interesting doesn't always mean fun, and fun doesn't always mean interesting. And I I think this is going to be both, but we'll we'll find out soon enough. Um, at the outside of the tackle position conversations that we're having right now around the Chiefs picking at fifty eight and sixty three. Um, I I do feel pretty good about their ability to get to those two picks and not have to pick for uh, for need now, right? Because the 31st pick was almost certainly going to have to go to a tackle or, or one of those first two picks had to, and, and now they've filled that hole and still have two picks in that first sort of 75-pick range, or there's apparently a drop-off shortly thereafter. Whenever you do start looking specifically in that, that late 50s, early 60s, do you think that there is a position where you go, oh, you know what, man, the, the, the depth here, they're going to have some incredibly talented players at this position, or is there just are there too many moving parts ahead of those picks to, to be able to predict that uh, you know a day ahead? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. I think there's there's going to be obviously some things where the board will dictate what the Chiefs do, whether they trade up, trade back, stand pat, um, what position group they specifically go after. But wide receiver is intriguing. I think that. Um, that holy trinity, essentially, of Diami Brown, Amundra St. Brown, and Tylen Wallace, if any of those guys are there, which all three of them could be or none of them could be. It's kind of one of those things you just wait and see. That would be interesting for the Chiefs, um, not to be a conspiracy theorist or anything, but Brett Beach did refer to Tyron Matthew as uh, Tylen Matthew. So <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if they're thinking Tylen Wallace behind closed doors or not, but in all seriousness, like there's, a guy like Elijah Molden, who's a really good slot corner from Washington, like the Chiefs are going to have a ton of options. Jabril Cox at linebacker. I know you guys talked about linebacker a little bit earlier. Um, they can go guard if they really wanted to. They can wait and go center a little bit later if a guy like Landon Dickerson, who mm-hmm. that's one of the things with the COVID process is the medicals have been even weirder this year than they have been in the past. And last year we saw some of that. Um, that's going to be interesting. Creed Humphrey, if he slides, Quinn Miners, who is like the darling of the NFL draft, essentially mm-hmm. a guy from Wisconsin Whitewater that no one had really heard of that went out in the crop top at the Senior Bowl and, and really showed out. So the Chiefs are going to have a ton of different options. They can move up. They can move back. They can stay where they're at. Um, different positions they can target. I think that wide receiver, um, interior offensive line, and then probably – I guess edge, depending on that board, too. I mean, guys like Peyton Turner, I know that we've talked about him quite a bit where his stock is rising, but it was rising from, like, round three or round four to where the Chiefs are picking now. So there's a lot where, ideally, the Chiefs can take this guy. Um, you're happy with this guy. You you understand the process with this guy. Like there's And even at 31, like uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., the wideout from LSU, that's the guy where a lot of people were – or would be upset have the Chiefs taken him at 31, but in 58, that value is terrific because you can afford to take those swings and you're not taking, like you said, that we need you to play day one type pick. Yeah. Let's zoom in on the receivers then um, because that's what I'm always enamored by, and we'll circle back to the edges at least and, and see where that takes us. But if you look at those guys, and I'm, I'm looking at a couple different draft guides, and so, like, you know, to I've, I've got – uh, Dane Brugler's beast of a literally it's called the beast up on uh, from the athletic if you just take guys who who start who have a third round grade somewhere in that process of like second to third third or third to fourth 
there are eight guys that could go in the third, and he would, you know, and Dan Brugger would be fine with it. Uh, that list is even longer, I believe, for the fourth and fifth rounds. Like, there is just, it seems like there's so much receiver talent there. I know you mentioned a few names just a second ago, but at, at 58, give me a guy where you would be, um, give me a guy that you'd be thrilled by, a guy you'd be very happy with, and then somebody that you would be a little underwhelmed if they took. Okay, um, we'll go with Diami Brown, with I'd be thrilled with. I think his ceiling, he's from North Carolina, is absolutely insane. Like He's more of a deep threat guy right now, but I think me and Tucker Franklin talked about this. Is a rookie wide receiver really going to step into an Andy Reid offense and dominate snaps from day one? Like I, yeah. That's just a tough sell for me, so I'm okay with taking a, a player who might not necessarily be that dominant day one force. Yeah. Um, I think St. Brown or Wallace, pretty much anybody would be happy with. And then a guy that I kind of scratched my head at. I'm trying to think really hard about this because I like a lot of this receiver class. Um, I think Sage Surratt from Wake Forest, I was high on him at the beginning of the draft process. Then I went back and watched some more of his tape, and he tested poorly. He's just really a throw-it-up-down-the-field deep threat type guy. I mean, he's not very dynamic. He doesn't have great speed, and I had to lower his grade as a result of that. So that would be something where the Chiefs, they don't necessarily need that. The Chiefs aren't a jump ball, throw-it-up type of offense. They're really yeah. a I-need-you-to-get-open and have reliable hands and run crisp routes type offense. So guys like that just don't really appeal to me much. Well, and so with with your assessment of, you know, what's a receiver going to look like coming in in year one regardless, I would like to to believe, and now this might end up sounding somewhat redundant with McCall Hardman right now, so we'll see, but I, I think if it's, I've written down phonetically so I don't screw this up again, Diami Brown. Uh, if if Diami Brown comes in and in year one, I would like to think that he gets a package of plays where his skill set can be used, but it's year two where you go, oh, you know what? Now this offense looks more like it did with Sammy Watkins or with, with a legitimate number three pass catcher that like demands some of his own attention and doesn't solely feast off of or even just nibble off of the the attention he's not being paid if that makes sense um so i i think that's what i would be hopeful for for a rookie uh, a rookie season for any of these guys um but this is a bit of a different i don't know this is a similar question that's slightly different but if you leave that second round pocket and you start looking down even deeper down that receiver draft board it seems like the conventional wisdom at this point is that you're going to find some dudes in the later rounds that are ultimately going to end up making some nfl rosters and maybe a few years down the road making some significant impacts do you think that's true yeah absolutely i think there are two guys that i've really been those have been like hammering home points for me that I'm really big on these guys. And I started off thinking maybe they're fourth or fifth round guys. And really with this draft, I think those evaluations for everyone have jumped up at least a round or two per mm. player. Um, so if the Chiefs took one of these guys with a potential third round trade back pick or something like that, Josh Palmer from Tennessee and Simi Fajoko from Stanford, he's a really interesting. I'm a big name guy, I guess. Yes. A lot of the players I like have crazy names. Um, but Simi is really, they're just kind of balls of clay. Like Josh mm. Palmer has the body control. He can catch the ball down the field. He was underutilized in college. Simi was just the guy who gets open kind of and runs fast and is big. Like he's 6'4", 220, and the Chiefs can afford 
if they had a fourth-round pick and one of those two was still potentially on the board, to take that chance. And I brought up earlier that they're not that kind of throw the ball down the field and just hope that you can catch a jump ball offense. They also haven't really had that type of personnel. Like Sammy Watkins was Hmm. a get-open, run slants, um, be savvy, do-your-job type of guy. The Chiefs don't really have a ton of guys who are big. Byron Pringle's not big. Robinson's not necessarily big. And he's had some plays where he kind of makes those acrobatic catches, and Kelsey has made some of those catches. Um, There was one last season where I wish I could remember the game. Mahomes essentially threw it up down the right sideline, and Kelsey literally mossed somebody. Like, Mm -hmm. there are instances where, and with Mahomes' arm talent, that's always a possibility. So this receiver class, there's really something for everybody. There's like a... McCall Hardman slot replacement. There's a Robinson type guy. There's a future Tyree Kill type guy. Um, people need to stop calling Jalen Waddle Tyree Kill because that's <laughs> that's just not probably not going to happen. That's a one of a kind type player. Um, but there's something for everybody in this receiver class. Let's talk about the edges then, because it seems like uh, there that that's not the the case for edge rushers at this point. Um, it's also a really interesting position group because the dominant dominant guys go first, second, third, fourth, fifth. Uh, you know, they're, they're top five picks for the most part. Whenever you find your Miles Garretts, your Chase Youngs, this draft class doesn't appear to have. They at least don't have one of those guys that's going to go in that range. And and if someone develops into it, it will be more of a development, it seems. But now that we're looking at the Chiefs post thirty one. Where do you think edge makes sense? You mentioned Peyton Turner earlier. I'll spoil again, so we're going to talk about Peyton Turner later, at least a little bit. But I, I here's let me. I'll, I'll be I'll be the one that's incredibly honest about Peyton Turner. You know why I like Peyton Turner? Because whenever it comes up to my turn to pick for the Chiefs, and I think, boy, I'd like an edge. He seems like it's about the right range. Yeah, sure, why not? So is is there more than uh, than than just picking for positional need there at edge? Do you really like any of those guys as ceilings, or or is it uh, genuinely a, a bit of a thinner crop? No, yeah, there's there's definitely. I'm gonna hammer home on. I think we'll start with four guys because I don't want to ramble for hours and hours upon end, which means you could do that another time. But Peyton Turner, um, I really like his ceiling. He's a really strong player. He measured well, and people bring up the do they fit the Spags mold, mm-hmm. and that's like the certain arm length, the certain weight, the certain height, all that stuff. He does. Um, Rashad Weaver from Pittsburgh. I don't like his upside. Like the Chiefs have a, not to compare them, but just compare the roles. Mike Dana can play mm-hmm. first and second down and set the edge against the run and then come off the field for like a Taco Charlton because that was really the realistic what the Chiefs were probably going to have to do before they made some uh, moves like Jaron Reed allowing Chris Jones to go outside. Mm-hmm. Patrick Jones, who played with Weaver at Pitt, um, he has really fallen throughout the process. Like I gave him, I think, a early second round grade at the beginning and now I think I have him late round three and he pulled his hammy running his 40 so that of course hurt but his athletic profile is impressive his uh, potential is impressive Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa seems to be the kind of you struck gold mid-round guy who is a ball of clay you can mold into whatever you want he has the athletic tools the measurables but the guy that I really am intrigued by who probably won't play this season because he tore his Achilles prepping for the Senior Bowl. Um, Dio Odangbo from Vanderbilt, he can move inside on later downs. Like, there's a couple reps where he gets off the line extremely quick and just, like, plows over opposing centers. He's a really, really strong player, uh, 
sound run defender. He's one of those guys where the Chiefs could play him on the outside on first and second down, which they seem to like those kind of hybrid type players. And then on third down or fourth down, move him inside, let him kind of unleash havoc on people. And Steve Spagnuolo likes puzzle pieces yeah. at pretty much every position, cornerback, safety hybrids, um, safety linebacker hybrids, guys that can do different things, linebackers who can rush the passer a little bit. Like you mentioned, Willie Gay, we were all hoping he could kind of do some of that. So Odengbo is a guy that can do that. Jordan Smith from UAB. Um, there's just a ton of interesting high-ish ceiling, like especially with the Chiefs. It kind of depends on how that fit is. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you get past the first or second round and then you can't find a quality edge. It just gets a lot harder to do that. Uh, Rudy Salazar, would you like to explain the fist pump that you did whenever Jordan said, uh, Dio, hold on, Odiangbo? Yeah, uh, he, he's the guy who I like. I, I am not, I, I am generally always been a, a, a draft nerd. I have not been able to follow it as, as much like this uh, this last year. Part of that is uh, our schedules have just been a little bit more crazier with COVID and everything. But uh, over the, especially over the last like few weeks, as I've like really started to like look and like, get a feel for names like later in the rounds like i'm falling in love with dio rudy and i are always on the same page always i give rudy credit for everything yes dio and then uh i usually like those are like my dreams hey beards i usually don't have to tell you this but don't cut that don't make a liner out of that one because that i don't need that in my life that's fine Here's Jordan Foote, and uh, oh, I, I trust Rudy with my life. Rudy's always right. Rudy's right about everything. Cut don't, that. Beards, don't you dare. Don't, don't you, t- t- don't you touch, that that beards. Beards, don't touch that button. Cut that, Beards. Beards, don't touch that button. Jordan, can I you... I touched the button. Can you say... It's a good reference. Uh, can you say something mean about any of the Kentucky guys? I don't think you can. Um, I'm not a huge Davis guy for the Chiefs, Boom. personally. That's about as close as I'll get to saying something mean about them. I mean, Drake Jackson has really yes. short arms and is small, yeah. um, but I still <laughs> like him. With Casey that said, I like him a lot as a fourth or fifth round future starting center. Um, his ceiling is low. Like, I mean, I yeah. I don't I don't hate any prospects. There are some that I'm just not really fond of or I don't see the hype about. But Davis, if the Chiefs took him, I. I don't know. I wouldn't really dislike it, but I just kind of shrug my shoulders. Like I'm a Jabril Cox or Pete Warner guy. I, I'm not a huge Davis guy. What I'll say with Drake Jackson, Josh, just that's think, me. I'm Josh. Yes, he's Jordan. Yes, but I'm talking to you. Oh, like you, because you were live. Like, hey, I, I'm reading. I you you don't think I don't have the Drake Jackson like 100 for 100 pulled up right now? Because I do. I, I read you. Jordan's words on it. Just think, Casey Wigman, little undersized as center. Played for a long time. That's good. Thank you. Where did Casey Wigman go to college? Iowa. Better than Kentucky. Uh, Football school. mm. Unlike Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky is a volleyball school. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Um, I I think I wanted to talk about linebacker edge and receiver a little bit. I we'll we'll see if they listen if they take an interior offensive lineman. We can talk about that after the fact. What do you feel like we haven't spent maybe enough time talking about? Not necessarily in this half hour, um, but but generally speaking, do you feel like there's a position group that's gone under the radar a little bit? I know you've reviewed uh, a lot more defensive backs. We haven't talked about uh, tight end at all. I don't know if there's a gym there that's caught your eye, but but I'm open. Yeah, I was going to say we can talk about defensive backs quickly for tight end. I don't want to spend too much time on that because I think everyone knows what I'm going to say. Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame, 
Tremble's the real deal. Like, if there is a player in this draft where you look at his college tape and say he's going to be a much better pro than he was a college player, I think it's Tommy Tremble. And it's kind of killing two birds with one stone, not that the Chiefs would invest in, like, a five-year project at tight end to eventually overtake Travis Kelsey once he retires or whatever. But the Chiefs can use him as an H-back um, Forgive me, did the Chiefs sign a fullback? I just can't remember his name. Did they end up doing that? The the, the Saints guy. The Saints guy, yes. His okay, name is the yeah. Saints guy. Anthony Sherman yeah. Jr., I so, think. So, yeah, the Chiefs signed the Saints guy, and I was hoping Tommy Tremble could kind of play that role because that's where the NFL is going, I believe. Mm. But Tremble at tight end, even at 58, would make me very happy. But the defensive back class, man, there's some good options there, and the Chiefs have to – think ahead because I believe Tyron Matthew will be a chief for a significant amount of time um, despite that contract situation. I think it's going to be like a Chris Jones Mahomes thing where later throughout the summer they kind of hammer stuff like that out. But um, Richie Grant from UCS um, early, then Talano Hufanga maybe in the third round, James Wiggins from Cincinnati, my guy Paris Ford who ran like a four eight five forty that I still – I don't know if it's a bit at this point. I don't know if it's a, I, I'm too prideful to give it up. But, like, people took him off their draft boards after that. Like, he had one of the worst pro days ever, and I I can only drop his grade so far. I think yeah. I dropped him from round two to round four, and I can't completely take him off. So, safety, um, long-term Daniel Sorensen replacements, there are plenty of them in this draft at all levels. And then the cornerback class is actually pretty fun. And the Chiefs have – flexibility there i think that sneed i don't know about you guys but i want to see sneed on the outside because i think his ceiling is higher like a, a shutdown outside corner is more valuable than a slot guy that can play really well at least i think mm-hmm. um that'd be fun and the chiefs are going to have options all throughout the draft there's physical guys who can play press who are raw there's really athletic tall guys who may be playing safety one day there's small guys who play with big hearts I mean, it's it's all throughout. So I'm, I'm really interested. This is a really good draft in general, but different position groups are deeper than others, and then some have that um, hotbed round two and three value that the Chiefs will be looking for. I will also make this note before we let you go. If uh, if you and Nate Taylor, who was on an hour ago, were in charge of the Chiefs, uh, you guys might Brett Veach-style trade up for Tylen Wallace and Tommy Trimble. It might just be those two. <laughs> you guys might give up your entire drafts for those two guys, and there would be players you could trade up that I would like for less. So I... I might be here for it, is what I'm saying. Um, but you guys have uh, – I no one will be happier other than maybe Patrick Mahomes than you and Nate if they do, in fact, land both of those guys. I, I'd be pretty happy with that, man. Tylen is a ready-made wide receiver who – like one of the few that I think could step in and do well in the Chiefs offense immediately, and he was used on a bunch of screen passes and stuff. He has a little bit of slot versatility. I still think that he has the size to be on the outside and then tremble, man. He should be every Chiefs person, fan, analyst, um, whatever, their draft dream at tight end. Like, I don't think the Chiefs will take a tight end because Kelsey still has no signs of slowing down, and they brought back um, almighty Blake Bell for another year. So <laughs> it, it, keeps, it keeps Nick Kaiser further down the depth chart or not on it at all, which is okay. Um, God bless him. <laughs> he he tries really hard, and he I'm sure he's a great locker room guy. 
Um, that's just how it goes sometimes. You can't <laughs> win them all. You, you, you can't have 50 Travis Kelseys out there. Sometimes you need guys that can block well um, and play special teams well. And, and Yeah, I need to just stop talking, I think. No, it's so good, man, because it, so, it was so gentle and also so devastating simultaneously. There are no small roles in the NFL. Instead of asking about it's Kentucky all players, you should have asked me about the Chiefs tight end situation. I, I will tell you this. Uh, I have not so much as, as Googled a Tommy Trimble highlight video because it's I just because here, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If they take him, I'll text you and I'll text Nate and we'll all be very happy. Mm-hmm. And if they don't take him, I and my my cold stonewalled heart will not be uh, left out in the cold as I have opened it up for Tommy Trimble only for the Lions to draft him. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm afraid of it. I mean, it, of. it's it's like we, we talked about this in one of the previous breaks where essentially it's the, I, I don't even look at corners who I think will get drafted in the first two days. Yeah. Because I know the Chiefs aren't going to draft one. Yeah. Like the, the Chiefs are not going to draft a corner until the fourth round theoretically. So if a guy's going to go in the first three rounds, he's he's already dead to me pretty much. He doesn't exist. He's not a real person. That's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> I, I think it's extreme, but also maybe fair. I'm not going to have hey, my heart Rudy broken. gets all the props. That's exactly. true. Beards don't don't touch the don't touch that F eight. Do not cut that liner. Touch it. Touch your beards. I touched the button. <sighs> Jordan, congratulations on a uh, a truly incredible, truly like just absolutely bonkers, fully unwell hundred part series that you have now wrapped up. Uh, I'll tell everybody to go read it again before whenever I put you back on hold, but but. Incredible work across that entire series, and uh, congratulations. Maybe next year, just one more Kentucky guy. One, only doing one seemed a little disrespectful, but maybe how about an all two. Kentucky? Like just maybe like a twenty-player separate series just for well, Rudy. I mean, we're not here. Here's the thing: like we're we're a football school now. We're closing in on Bama, but we're not Bama yet. We don't got twenty guys. We got like ten. I thought you were a volleyball school. Eh, we're 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 an athlete school, beards. I'll tell you what, you're not is you're not an academic school, well, and you're not a consistent school. I'm not here to argue that. Okay, fair enough. Thank you, Jordan. Yep, thank you, guys. You follow him on Twitter at Footnoted, F-O-O-T-E-N-O-T-E-D. I've, I said this on Twitter, and I'll say it again here. I think he he may be legitimately the most underrated uh, Twitter follow on Chiefs Twitter, and, uh, and other than me. And he might yeah. be the most underrated, just sort of uh, rising voice around all things Chiefs analysis right now that you should get in on while the stock is cheap. Uh, so you can follow him on Twitter at Footnoted. Check out 100 and 100. It's an incredible project that finished up today, and I imagine that he's going to have another 100 stories probably before the draft is actually finished. We'll take a break here on Sports Radio 810. This is our NFL Draft Preview Show. It's brought to you by the Operating Engineers Local 101 Apprentice Program. Learn to operate all types of heavy equipment and specialized construction machinery. Call today at 816-640-2336.